Lessons with Troy, the podcast. I'm Troy Brittenmeyer, your host. Uh, this is my first ever podcast, and I'm excited to have Alan Akaka, uh, internationally renowned Hawaiian lap steel player and teacher, and also my Hawaiian lap steel teacher for the last several months. So let me go ahead and bring Alan in. So Alan, how you doing out there? Aloha. How are you, Troy? Aloha. Good. Good. Uh, now you're in obviously Hawaii, but what, what island are you on? I'm on Oahu and I live in Kailua. That's where my school is located, Kekula Mele. And Kailua is on the windward side of Oahu. So this is a cooler side. So we get the fresh, cool trade winds and so on. And in fact, this is a side of the island in my town where our President Obama is staying. He comes here every winter for, uh, for his winter break. Oh, nice. So, you know, and he goes down to the shave ice stand over here. And um, I actually saw his his motorcade passing by um, when I was driving down to another section just past Kailua. Where, you know, the, one thing about this area, and I want to share with everybody, is that you can find some of the whitest, most beautiful white sandy beaches ever. It, and, and it's. The sun loves to visit us, and um, you know, Kailua is cooled down by those trade winds. It's really nice here. <laughs> I bet. It's a lot nicer there than here. I'm, uh, whenever our listeners are listening to this, I mean, I'm, I live close to St. Louis, and right now we're having record flooding everywhere. It's been oh raining for, I mean, days and days and days, and, and it's all around. So it's, yeah, Hawaii's probably a lot better place to be than oh, oh, yeah. this area and, now. And it's, it's, it's a little on the cool side. It's about, mm, I don't know, about 78, 77. Oh, man. I'm, yeah. You're making me jealous. That's great. Yeah, well, it's cool. Wonderful. And, and this is what we like to wear, T-shirts and shirts. <laughs> this is Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. And I'll just tell my listeners, we, we're going to talk about this later, but I'll just kind of bring it up now. Uh, Alan has a festival in, in Maui. Uh, Hawaiian Steel Guitar Festival every year, and uh, you know I went there this past summer, and uh, actually found out about Alan a little bit before that just by googling uh, Hawaiian lap steel teacher, and uh, for, for Skype, and uh, found out all about Alan. I was probably like a lot of our listeners, maybe didn't know anything about uh, Hawaiian lap steel, and was curious about it, and and wanted lessons from somebody from Hawaii, and. Uh, and that's what I got with Alan. It's great. We have Skype lessons uh, every two weeks, and um, he has these festivals. I know he's having one. You're having one in Kauai. That's your next one, right? Yeah, that's coming up in just a little more than a month from today. It, it'll be on February 6th Man. on the island of Kauai. And, uh, you know, we're going to have uh, some of the top still players joining. Unfortunately, we can't have them all because... You know, there's only a few top still guitar players, and uh, we're kind of busy. 
And so I grabbed whoever I could. And then we also have the top steel guitar players from Kauai. So it'll be rather interesting. It'll be nice. We're looking forward to having a great time together. Nice. Well, who all, who all is going to be at that one? Well, from Oahu, we have Jeff Fahoy, uh, Bobby Ngano, um, also Greg Sardina will be joining us. And oh, they're the top recording artists um, here for the Hawaiian steel guitar. Uh, they're much sought after. Of course, myself, I'll yeah. be there. And then from Kauai, we have Ed Punua. Um, I would consider him maybe the number one uh, Hawaiian steel guitarist there. Uh, his teacher was someone who played on Hawaii Calls for a number of years, and that's Barney Isaac. So Ed uh, retains that style of playing like uh, Barney Isaacs and, you know, has that Hawaii Calls sound. Then there's two others. One is Kilipaki Vaughn. His father was a very famous singer here in the islands. And Kilipaki is one of my students from a few years back. And then um, Kirk Smart, who lives on the Hanalei side, which is a windward side, very wet and very green on that side. And I could see why he rather lived there than, you know, on the mainland. Um, <laughs> and and uh, he's, he's quite a musician. So I, I wanted him to come out. Nice. And be a part of this. So, so um, we have that plus all day in the morning till the time of our main event. We're going to have uh, still guitars from all over coming. Uh, those who are learning, those who have been playing for a little while, and they signed up to to play on the stage. Oh, and great. I have a number of my students, Skype students, yeah. that uh, will be there and they'll be playing. Um, and we have even youngsters as young as 11 years old. No way. You know, still guitar so yeah that's great it's going to be quite an event uh it's smaller than the maui event that you came to in april uh the maui event being three days this is only actually one and a half days we're, you know we're going to have, offer a free workshop and that's what i was going to ask you yeah and a jam session which we call a kind of kapila kind of kapila and, and the next day all day is is hawaiian music still guitar all day it's going to be something else and um you know there's a lot of support on Kauai for this. A lot of support. So oh, that's looking great. forward to it. Yeah, I've looked into uh, going there. I've looked into the. I've already. I've pl priced the flights and all that. I, now, what's the hotel again that uh, that is all going on at? It'll be held at the Coconut Beach Courtyard Marriott. Yeah. Okay. And it's a lovely area. Um, friendly, friendly staff. I've stayed there many times. And there's, it's gorgeous. There's so much aloha there. It's smiles, and um, you know you can go out to the beach, which you know, and and you know, um, just look out into the ocean. Uh, every morning there, they have um, uh, like a chant when the sun rises. Yeah. And and some hula. So <laughs> that's kind of neat for an, for a Hawaiian experience. That's a nice hotel to go to. Yeah, the Courtyard Marriott. And not yeah. that, it's not very far from the airport. Well, good. So about 10, 15 minutes away. How convenient. Yeah, yeah. I've heard I've heard a lot about uh, Kauai being some of a lot of people's favorite island because of it's a, it's a little bit more primitive or something. Is that the well? It, it's it's country more so than Honolulu. Um, you know, and you know they have a two lane highway, so you know now they have traffic. I remember the first time I went there, and that's a few decades ago. <laughs> you only had one traffic light, and it was. In the cane fields. 
<laughs> well, because you know they, they they had sugar cane around the entire island, and you know I, I guess there was more traffic in the cane field with you know trucks coming and going, and otherwise you didn't need uh, traffic lights in the main town of Lihue or anywhere else. I I went wow, <laughs> this place is really different, but it's a beautiful island, serene, um, picturesque. I mean, I mean, why else would they film Jurassic Park there? Yeah, yeah. On that island. And there's a lot of great songs written about the beauty and and the wonderful feeling of Kauai. There's oh, so many songs. And, 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 and there's a lot of great food over there, too. If you know where the greasy spoons are, you're lucky. <laughs> you know, and there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of great places to eat. Amura Saimin, which is in the main town, uh, famous around the world. But... Their menus mostly noodles, you know, noodles and broth, Simon. Oh, okay. And and uh, chicken skewers or maybe beef skewers, and they have this killer, um, what is it called? Lily koi pie. You know, lily koi is a passion fruit pie. You know, it's like a key lime pie, maybe. Uh -huh. You know, a local fruit. Killers. Ooh, nice. It's really good. So. Have you been to Kauai? Yes. I, I have not. The only the only island I've been to is, is Maui, and that was you know to, to come to your steel guitar festival. And it was unbelievable. We Maui is quite different from from Kauai. Uh, I would say th there's a, a lot more going on on Maui. So you know Maui is also larger, and they have um, there are areas where you know if you only get away from all the you know cars, the traffic, and you know. The noise. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of places on Maui you can go. Uh, Kauai, there's there's just more of that. Um, it, it's but it's a real nice, peaceful place to nice. go. And a lot of things to see. It's the oldest island. It's five million years old. Oh. So uh, they also have um, the 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 Junior Grand Canyon or the Miniature Grand Canyon there, Waimea Canyon. Oh, cool. Um, nice to go up there, and then you know you follow that road all the way to the top of the mountain and you're hitting just about one of the wettest spots on this planet and that's why ale ale nice so and that's yeah, cool you're, you're you a wealth of so much you're a wealth of knowledge about this that's why i wanted to start this podcast you know uh is just to share you know all your wealth of, of hawaii and hawaii music and and all this it's it, in our lessons a lot of times we would <laughs> i just listen to alan you know all this information of the history of, of the songs and the music and the it's just great well how did you get started with this whole thing I mean it, it, it was it just always around you growing up or yeah I was surrounded by music um, I, I was born into it you know my father was a choir director at uh, at the mother church of, of um, Protestant churches here in the islands and that's the Kauaiha'o Church. So my father, my uncle was a pastor. My father was the choir uh, music director. It was a huge choir, you know, one of the largest choirs in the state for a church choir. And they had great singers and, you know, amazing. You know, most of them didn't read music. It was all by ear, yeah. And my father was a music major, an education major. So, you know, he could conduct them, you know, uh, teach them Handel. You know, like the Hallelujah cars, things like that. Yeah. Um, and, and then when it came to family parties, 
uh, you know, my aunties and uncles could all sing. And sometimes he would sing, you know, a cappella in harmony all by ear. Oh, wow. So, and, and then, you know, in those days, you know, there was a lot of uh, old-time Hawaiian musicians playing at the feast, the, the Hawaiian luau's. Mm -hmm. um, as far as, you know, the steel guitar, that's how I was introduced to it. Uh, actually, I, I kind of learned some of, some of the things through osmosis, because, you know, here's a steel guitarist playing with this, this group of uh, Hawaiian singers and, and so on. I, you know, I didn't really pay attention. I would be eating, running around. But I heard it. Yeah. And it stuck in me. And um, as far as uh, my start in playing an instrument, that happened in third grade. Because, again, um, well, with the influence of my father, uh, he would uh, play his ukulele or even take it to church. At, and uh, they would um, have rehearsals even for uh, with hula. So they would be playing the songs. My father would be leading the gang with his ukulele, and then, you know, some of the choir members would go up and, you know, they would rehearse their hula numbers for, say, a visiting group from California, you know, visiting yeah. church. Uh, and then they would have a luau in their honor and, and a little show. Anyway, so, you know, I, I was exposed to all of that. And, and so what I would do when my father was at home is I would go under his bed and pull out his ukulele and his songbook, and I, I would strum... I would just play and, you know, looking through through the songbook, I remember quite vividly it, learning how to play vamps, you know, just um, turnarounds on yeah. the ukulele and then realizing that they were all alike. You know, um, in music we would say 5-7 over 5 to 5-7 to 1. Or, or some people would say 2-5-1 for yeah. the progression. And and I figured that out years ago. You know, I, You know, it's like, Wow. And so, you know, I learned how to play uh, a whole bunch of songs. And then when I, um, uh, I, I love music so much in beginning band before I, oh, uh, before, well, I should say when I got into high school, ninth grade, I already decided I wanted to be a music teacher. Oh, really? So I kind of walked along that path and, you know, one day I, I was watching a friend play, um, jamming on his upright bass. You know, we would, we'd have jam sessions on, on the uh, patio, or what we call in Hawaii, the lanai, the lanai okay. of the band room. <laughs> and I watched my friend and I went, is that how you play the upright bass? It looks so easy. Boom, I was playing upright. And this is all before the lap steel, right? Uh, this is just prior to the lap steel. Just prior to and the lap steel. And then the lap steel came along. Um, somebody had mentioned something. I know my brother was learning to play the slack key guitar. We're all at home, yeah. Yeah. And then so I grabbed my father's Martin guitar, you know, um, wartime. So, you know, 1940s Martin guitar. Yeah, yeah. And I tuned it to slack key, you know, the G tuning or, or tarot patch. And then... At that time, I'd, actually, no, I learned the steel guitar before the bass because I remember I grabbed the barrel of my clarinet, which was my main instrument, <laughs> barrel, okay? And it's like a, it's shaped like a bar, sort of, yeah? Like a cylinder. And so I started to slide over the strings and try to f figure out melodies. And then my father put me on the side and said, asked me if I knew what I was playing. I said, 
slide guitar. He says, you know, you're, you're playing the steel guitar. I said, really? He encouraged me to continue and so on. So I did. So I, I eventually figured out a tuning, a B-flat tuning. Really? Starting with the G tuning. And later on, I, I, I found out, oh, it's, a, it's pretty much the same as a C tuning, not a C6, but a C tuning. Now, now, when you say G tuning and C tuning, I mean, what what was that? Was that like a Dobro, GBD, GBD, or a different? Yeah. Uh, well, Slacky, it would have been DD, right? Or oh, let me start. I, I'm not going to start from the thin string. So it oh. would be DBG, D, G, D. Got so it. That's, yep. that's what it would have been. So I kind of tuned that to a B flat. So, you know, the D stuck on the top, and then the B became a B flat. And then the G became an F, and so on and so forth. That was a straight B flat. Um, <clears throat> and, and, and so the first song I learned, because I could read music by then since you know I was taking um, intermediate band, I guess, at that time. And so I put out uh, one of the Hawaiian songbooks, and the first song I learned was White Ginger Blossoms. <laughs> Ginger Blossoms. So, so anyway, um, you, you know, uh, someone found out that, you know, an uncle at uh, the church mm -hmm. found out mm -hmm. I was learning to play steel, and uh, he offered me his steel, you know, I found to borrow his. But by the way, here in the islands, we, we um, address adults as uncle and auntie, you know, if we know them well. So he wasn't per se related to me, but, you know, he was uncle. Yeah, yeah. And, and so he let me borrow his steel guitar, and I played it, and... You know, oh, he he showed me the C tuning, C six tuning, and so on. And he played a little for me, and I went, wow. And um, I was memorized, totally mesmerized. Now, was this uh, six string or was this? Yes. Okay, six. I, I don't even remember what it was. It could have been the National. Uh, I don't remember seeing the name on it. Um, but at that time, you know, it, you know, I, I I didn't know brand names. <laughs> you know, I didn't know what a Rickenbacker or a Fender was or Gibson. Um, I was I was a young kid. What was I at that age? I would have been about mm, 12, 13, somewhere around there. Yeah. Maybe going on to 14, possibly. So, you know, this was also new to me. And I played it and, and, and so on. And, um, um, you, you know... Uh, I remember at one point I, I returned the guitar to him and then another friend lent me his six-string steel guitar. Um, and, uh, you know, um, and, and this friend happened to be a great songwriter, well, later on in life. And he wrote a lot of, a lot of songs that I played today, Dennis Kamakahi. So he had a steel guitar. He let me borrow it, so I used that. Then I went and I bought my first steel guitar, a Fender eight-string. Oh, yeah, it, it was like, wow. And so I learned off of that, and I kept on going. And, you know, I, I was offered a scholarship by the Hawaiian Music Foundation. At that time, it was a new foundation. And they said, well, you know what? Would you like to learn from this artist named Pua Almeida? Oh, and boy. I said, sure. Pua <laughs> Almeida, sure. You know, again, you know, not being naive. And I said, sure. And then, you know, I did a little research and I found, found out that, hey, this guy is, you know, he's kind of good. I, I, um, actually, he was much better than I thought at the time. But he was so busy. He didn't have time, you know, to sit down and have a lesson with me. 
So I waited, 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 nothing happened, and then he, he passed. So unfortunately, you know, I, you know, I lost him. Well, before he passed, um, my uncle had told me about this artist named Jerry Bird. He says, wow, you know, I met Jerry Bird. He's great. You know, he can play two vocal parts at the same time, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I went, wow, really? So again, I did some research and I, you know, I, I found, uh, I went to the library and I found this LP that was called Bird of Paradise. <laughs> so I borrowed it, brought it home. I listened to it. I went, oh, this is nice. The Bird of Paradise. I mean, the, the, you know, the, the numbers in there. I said, wow, he sounds really different from the local players and, and, and so on. So anyway, you know, time went by and so on. Because Paul Almeida didn't have time for me, I was approached again. And uh, the person asked me if I wanted to learn from Jerry Bird. And my eyes just opened wide. I said, sure. You know, I didn't really have to think hard about that. Oh, I bet. And so, so we met. And then at my first lesson, you know, I, I had this thin bar. And, and he says, oh, play me something. And so I did. I played something. And he watch, observed, and so on. Then um, he says, you know, um, smacking his lips. You know, he used to smoke his uh, <laughs> pipe in those days. Um, he says, give me your bar. So, so I gave him my bar, and he unwrapped this brand new bar, you know, the size of this. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't have that bar Jerry gave me, but a bar like this, of these dimensions. He says, this is your bar now. And so I was like, wow, there's magic in this bar already, you know? And so I started playing, and he started teaching me. Um, I could say Jerry was a great teacher all the way to the end. Um, you know, I took two summers of still guitar from him. I would say less than 20 lessons. How, but, how would but, those lessons, I'm just curious, um, if you can maybe run us through an average lesson, you know, how would it, how would those lessons work with, with you and Jerry? Well, once we got started, you know, he would give me a, a, a tab every week. In the beginning, there was tabs that, that were from his Rickenbacker book. You know, he had a lesson book uh, sponsored by Rickenbacker. Mm -hmm. uh, so so um, I guess he would Xerox those or make copies, and then he would give me those copies, and then we would... Um, if anybody has Jerry's uh, method, you can see where he starts with the A tuning and then he goes through the progression or the evolution of tunings, A tuning, E tuning, E7 tuning, C sharp minor tuning, C sharp minor 7. Really? Wow. And then later C6, um, the B11th, and then C6, he called it C6 7th, I call it C6 A7. That was his main tuning. So. He, he he walked me through all these different tunings and you know I, I would play his his exercises you know his his tab and uh, he actually wrote tabs for me along the way so he would give me the tab we would kind of read through it the next week I would play it for him and then he would give me a new tab <laughs> and some of them handwritten and I, and I still have those. Um, and, and every week, you know, I, I would prepare, you know, and, and so on. And, you know, 
even though I could sight read music, I could sight read his tabs because you know they were easy to understand. I um, there were times when I did not practice prior mm-hmm. to the lesson, and he could tell. I mean, I could sight read my way through it, but it, it was not as good as when I did prepare for it, where I could play with more feeling and so on. And so any, anyway, um, you know, he, he would he would actually come behind me and he would show me and he would play it for me, you know, some things. And so on. And, you know, when you think about it, you know, um, less than 20 lessons, well, that's not much. I mean, there are some people that have been with me for for a few years, and they're still learning more and more. Yeah. Um, with him, you know, it, it was, I, I learned the basics from him. Uh, you know, how to do, um, well, the hand technique, right hand, left hand, picking, bar, mm-hmm. slants. Reverse forward, um, and 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 how to make notes into music. Yeah, yeah. And I uh, I know you know in our lessons you you always I mean a big part of our lesson seems to be connecting the notes and and smoothing out everything. You know I think your style is a lot like Jerry's where it's that real smooth style and and I coming from a dobro background bluegrass background you just kind of play whatever you don't really worry about about all that as you could probably tell from our lessons but uh yeah it's so beneficial i mean in your lessons with me you you dial it in so deep uh the pataz can you talk a little bit about i'm sure that that was was that something that jerry kind of stressed on you yeah Uh, although mine is slightly modified from jerry Mm -hmm. so the way i teach pataz if and i'll lower my camera yeah so you can see my steel guitar. So, like, Pataz would be going from one fret to another, one string to another, and connecting the two, like going from here to here, and making it connect. And doing something like this. That's breaking it down. Yeah. Pata. Pa. Ta. And, and you know, you can use it at so many, you know, in so many places, you know. Okay, so th- there's not much over there, but anytime you change strings and you're moving, like here. And, and so on and so forth. Yeah. And, connect, and connect notes. What you kind of uh, have been stressing in our lessons, too, and what I noticed just with that is, is you rarely, well, I don't want to say you rarely, but at least right there, uh, don't lift your bar up a lot of times when you're muting. You do a lot more muting that I've noticed, at least in Hawaiian technique versus, say, bluegrass, uh, um, <clears throat> a lot more palm blocking and block, you know, muting right. with your right hand, it seems. See, that's part of Jerry's method. You know, you know uh, blocking with the right hand rather than the left. Uh, 
do I do some muting with my left hand? Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. I do. Uh, but mostly with my right. And, um, and you know, in, in this style, you know, it's not, you know, muting or blocking every single note. No, no. You know, I try to eliminate as much muting as possible. You know, use it sparingly. But when you do use it, you know, that, that'll, that'll give you a, a cleaner delivery. You know, especially if you're doing single notes, chords too. Oh, dangerous! You know, <laughs> if you don't if you don't block properly, you know, you're gonna you're gonna hit a chord somewhere, and and it it'll have a note that you don't want, um, and, and so on. So those are all important things. Yeah, Jerry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not that he stressed blocking or so on, but he taught that to me early. That was one of the basic foundations. That and the bar work. Yeah, yeah. Using the the fingers doing all the work, not the elbow, not the elbow, not the arm, not the wrist, the fingers. And if you watch any videos of Jerry, <laughs> you can see it's all fingers. And 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 you know, he moves around. You know, uh, you know, if you watch some of his um, quick tempo numbers, he's moving around, and and it's all with the fingers. And and it makes sense too. Because this can move around a lot faster than you know using your arm or your wrist and so on. Wow, I'm gonna just gonna slow. Maybe you know some of our, our viewers or listeners. Um, could you show us an example um, specifically of the fingers that you're talking about? Like I, I in our lessons, I haven't really like. Are you talking about with slants or just uh, what right? Do you mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's take a look again if I could lower yeah. this. Okay. So. So, you know, you have your, your forward slant, you know, and, you know, when I say forward slant, you know, the, the top of the bar, the rounded part is going forward. Mm-hmm. So, so, and then this would be considered a straight bar. Okay. A reverse slant would be. The bottom of the bar is going forward. So in other words, the top, the rounded part is going back. So, you know, it's reversed. And I'm just watching your... just watching your left hand there. Yeah, what you were saying with your with your wrist, you're not you're not doing uh, the movement with your forearm, you're you're moving right. the bar with your fingers, is what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know. Um, you know. Yeah. You know, or I can do some things like that. You know. It's all in the fingers, and and you know, you know, good technique is really economy of motion. Yeah. So the less motion you do with the rest of your arm, your wrist, and so on, the better. Yeah. Within the fingers. I think this would be a this would be a good point. Maybe would you want to play us a song? You uh, you have anything? uh, Sure. 
I, I, I could. Um, I could play a song. And in fact, I have a tab for this song. And even the backing track. It's a great one where I mix up the, um, or I have a mix of uh, the forward and reverse slants. And um, not playing, and then I'll tell you a little bit about this song. It, it's um, it's a really beautiful tune. It's in three four time waltz time, and um, it, it it goes like this. It's called Lei no Kaiulani, Lei no Kaiulani, and it's written about a beautiful Hawaiian princess. It goes like this. Oh, that's great, Alan. Oh, man, that's that's fantastic. So, yeah, and to, to uh, let our listeners and our viewers on YouTube or wherever you're listening or watching this know, too, uh, you know, Alan and I plan on working together on this and, and offering this uh, tab uh, on on my other site, which is onlinelessonvideos.com. And uh, um, so that'll be where you can download the we'll have the tab on there alan probably the jam tracks we're thinking and mm -hmm. uh so that way you can you can learn that wonderful song um so great yeah alan that's so what's the story i know in in our lessons you always have great stories with these songs what's the story behind that song 
Well, you know, this is written in honor of a princess who was born in 1875, October 16, 1875. And uh, she was born to um, a Hawaiian princess and uh, someone from Scotland. And the last name was uh, Claycorn. So anyway, uh, Claycorn um, actually came over with his parents via New Zealand. And um, they, they started a business here. Dad passed away. So uh, son took over the business and it uh, became a very uh, successful business. And um, meanwhile, here's this young princess who, um, who was a sister to, to um, two siblings who would, one would become king and the next one would later become queen. And uh, so she was next in line to become the ruler. Uh, they they met, um, uh, and and you know, Mr. Claycard fell in love with the princess, and uh, they got married with their brother brother's blessing. And then they had a, a child, and uh, they named her Kaiulani. Now, um, one of the aunties actually gave Kaiulani a piece of property on Waikiki Beach. Of course, today, you know, it's, you know, people just don't give away properties on Waikiki Beach. <laughs> but that, that was a plain land for, for the, the royalty, what we call the li'i. And um, so, wait, let me, there. So, so anyway, uh, young Kayulani was, was a beautiful girl. Um, she was athletic. Uh, she, she had a pony. She would uh, go surfing, even. And, and uh, I mean, Waikiki Beach was her front yard. So she would go uh, swimming, surfing, and so on. Um, later on, uh, when she was a teenager, her uncle, the king, Kalakaua, uh, wanted her to go to a, a school in England. So she went up there, and it was supposed to be for a year. And the purpose for sending her up there was to to get her ready to take over the throne because she would have been the next one in line um, and, and so on. By the way, I must say one thing. Iolani Palace uh, had electricity before the White House. Really? And Kaiulani was the first one to flip the switch. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> so anyway, so, so uh, uh, and, and her English name was Victoria, as in the queen. Okay, so Victoria Kaiulan, uh, she went there, what was supposed to be one year turned into four. And while she was there, you know, she painted, uh, you know, she uh, did paintings. She learned other languages. She was quite fluent in German. Um, when she spoke in English, it was, of course, you know, that uh, UK English style um, and, and so on. But while she was up there, she was sad to find out that, you know, her uncle, the king, died. And um, her, her aunt, Lili Okalani, then took over as a queen. Um, and uh, so anyway, again, she was preparing to take over the throne after her, her aunt. But what happened in 1893 was um, the American businessmen, with the help of the U.S. military overthrew the queen. 
And that was really heartbreaking. So what Kayulani did was go to Washington, D.C. to talk to the president to try to reclaim her land back. Uh-huh. And um, uh, the, the, the media loved her. She was, a, she was tall. She was beautiful. She spoke very well, well-educated. And, and, and Mrs. Cleveland, at the time it was Grover Cleveland, who was the president. Well, Mrs. Cleveland fell in love with Kayulani. <laughs> and so what um, President Cleveland did is he says, okay, we're going to look into this matter. So he sent Ambassador Blunt over to Hawaii to do some research to see what happened. And had uh, President Cleveland served another term, history might have been different. It, Hawaii might have been returned back to the monarchy. Oh, wow. But, but as what happened, you know, um, America later uh, claimed Hawaii as a territory, and for good reason, because it's it's in the middle of the Pacific. You know, um, you know they 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 um, they set up uh, Pearl Harbor there, yep. so so you know it was strategic for the military. So so yeah, the United States really wanted Hawaii. Yeah. 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 But so did some other countries, including Russia and England. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> for good reason. Yeah. And, and so, Kayulani, she was heartbroken over all of that. She tried her best. It didn't work. And she came home, and she still wanted to fight for, for the people and so on. But um, unfortunately, she got sick when she was up, uh, you know, on Hawaii Island at Waimea, Waimea Ranch. Well, it's Parker Ranch in Waimea. And um, within a few weeks, she passed. She was 29 at the time, mm. just 29. Wow. And so unfortunate. And she died in 1899, just prior to Hawaii becoming a territory. Oh. Territory of the United States. But so, so anyway, uh, this song was written in her honor and just a lovely song. It talks about the lyrics, talk about, uh, you know, her garland, you know, where this lay, she is, well, well actually, she, she was, um, you know, the beauty, you know, when you talk about a garland, you know, with, filled with flowers, it's supposed to be like beauty. Okay. So, you know, it's talking about, you know, this beauty and, and, and the type of flowers, you know, lehua and, um, which is a bright red flower, very important for hula. The maile, which are leaves, very fragrant, and uh, used at many occasions, important occasions, and so on. So that's the song, Le No Ka'iulani, for that beautiful oh. young sis who left us way too early. That is fascinating. Man, yeah, that, that's, you're just a wealth of knowledge. I, I love, love the stories and, and your playing. It's amazing. Well, we're, we're, going, we're about running out of time here. Um, but we definitely, I would definitely want to have Alan back, you know, for more of these if he if he wants to. But, I would love uh, it, absolutely. You know, uh, we called a session like this "Talk Story." Yeah, uh, so you know, it, it's called a podcast. Otherwise, but you know, we we could actually call this podcast, you know, um, uh, "Talk Story" or "Still Guitar Talk Story" or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, it, it has that little Hawaiian flair in there besides the music. But yeah, this is what we do a lot in the islands. We like to talk story. It's fascinating stuff. I mean, I don't, I, I'm not really used to that. I mean, growing up maybe where I did or, you know, uh, but the stories, I, I, I think that must be a, 
more of a Hawaiian tradition, at least than what I'm used to. But I, I find it so fascinating, the history of, of the song and where a lot of these songs come from. Um, where, if people are traveling to Hawaii or, or whatever, where can people see you play? And, and uh, maybe if they want to, if they're in Hawaii and they want to learn more about the music and all that, what, what, uh, what do you have out there that you're playing well, or teaching? Every Thursday I play at the Marriott Hotel, the, Wa the Waikiki Beach Marriott Hotel, uh, not far from where Kayulani grew up. In fact, just a few blocks away. And uh, it's, it's very near Diamond Head, too. The, so I play there from 6.30 to 9.30. Been there for 20, more than 20 years now. And, um, I, I, I play gigs here and there. Um, you know, I, I even travel and perform. I do concert tours, like, to Japan and so on. Yeah. So I'm not always in Hawaii. Uh, of course, I have to run my school, you know, do the Skype lessons, oh, yeah. teach um, classes here, music classes for ukulele, for upright bass, uh, still guitar, of course. And that's the Kekula so, Mele school that you... Sure, Kekula Mele. There you go. <laughs> Kekula Mele, which means the music school in Hawaiian. Yeah, and, and um, we were established about uh, six years ago. And, and, and so, um, you know, within the past six years, it's like, you, you know, um, the students have learned so many songs. And, and like what I'm sharing with you, except in the classes, I can just give them a little, you know, spoon feed them. Yeah. With, with, uh, with you know, geography, history, uh, culture and so on. So, you know, for anybody who is interested in learning more about the islands, I think it's great. More about our culture, our, our history, you know, that's what I, I love to do. And it is a school of Hawaiian music, so I don't venture out and, and, and do a lot of other songs that are, say, popular with many of the ukulele enthusiasts today. You know, I, I stick to my roots, my Hawaiian music, for the most part. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Other than, you know, Christmas time, you know, when you know, the kids love to play Christmas songs, <laughs> you know, and, and I don't mind because I, I, I join them too. I love, you know, singing and playing Christmas songs. And plus we have our own Hawaiian Christmas songs, which I teach them. Oh, that's fantastic. It, it, it's fun here. It's, it's nice. And, 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 and the food is great around here too. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. Yeah, food oh, is great. Boy. Well, that's so. that's the you know we're we're hoping uh, or I'm hoping to to really you know share Alan's knowledge with all of our listeners and viewers out there and uh, and I'm I'm hoping that this this podcast we can we can do that you know the the language the history of the music the songs and um, yeah so this will this will be a lot of fun Alan I thank you so much for for doing this I I had talked with Alan about this for a while and then finally we got it. <laughs> we got it going. Yeah. Lots of technology stuff that you have to do for this, but uh, we said let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a first podcast of this type, a talk story podcast about things Hawaiian, including the music and, and so on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But this is a lot of fun, and and thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, and happy New Year. You know, it is the end of 2015. So we can absolutely say this was a very first Talk Story podcast. <laughs> yes. And before, uh, if you want that, that tab and the jam tracks, be sure 
to uh, check out onlinelessonvideos.com and, and you can search for Alan on there. It'll probably be onlinelessonvideos.com slash Alan Akaka, but I don't know. I, I'm still in the process of getting all this together, but just go to go to that website and uh, and uh, that'll be where, where you can find future transcriptions that Alan's going to be sharing with us on this uh, on this podcast. So, Absolutely. Alan. <laughs> so take care. Aloha, everybody. Shut as we say over here. Hello, Aloha.